0: Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Come on in, have a seat, and make yourselves comfortable next to the fire. Keep yourself warm. This is another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. As the lovely lady said at the beginning, my name is Jason Amieske and I am your host. This is the show where authors come and read a sample chapter from one of their published books. Uh, It's a new author every week, a new book, a new sample chapter with the hopes that you're going to find something brand new that you've never heard before. Uh, Maybe it's a new author, maybe it's an established author nevertheless you're gonna get something amazing every episode and hopefully you find a book that you're gonna love Uh, that sound I don't know if you can hear it or not that sound in the background the reason I invited you in to sit next to the fire is uh, here in Missouri where I am right now it is currently about nine degrees outside we had yet another little cold snap and another winter storm came through and right now it's about nine degrees outside I am in between projects at my house and realized you know what if i don't get this episode done now i'm afraid i may not get time later and i don't want to wait till last minute so i forgot to turn on my space heater and warm up my office and it's currently 51 in my office and i'm bundled up and uh, a little trick i found out a while back is something you can do is uh, have you ever you ever um Watch those fireplace uh, videos. They're, they're really cozy. You can sit down. You you, you watch the fire and the crackling sounds in the background. Well, you know, I discovered that the sound of it works just as well. And so I've got my uh, my Google sitting here next to me. I, I do have the heater going finally, and it may be taking the edge off a little bit too. But in my head, I'm thinking that there's a roaring fire right next to me and i swear this works uh my google is playing sounds of a fireplace and uh just hearing that in the background it just makes me feel like i'm sitting here in front of the fire you know if only i was writing but uh, that's all right i'm sitting here with with you my friends having a little chat and talking about this week's author uh it's a great episode it's a fantastic reading and uh i i can't wait to dive into the story and And by the way, our author, who is J.D. Sanderson, you need to stay tuned because he's got a fantastic offer for you. So be sure to stay tuned. Uh, We're going to get to that here in just a moment. But first, you want to make sure that you're following us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Sample Chapter Podcast on either one of those. You can follow along. We, uh, We post and tweet on there pretty regularly. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can use one of those methods to reach out to us, or email us at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out and leave a comment, send me an email about an author you'd like for me to talk to, or if you yourself are an author, and you would like to come on the show and read a chapter, maybe you got a book about to come out, and uh, you'd like to kind of raise a little more fanfare about it, just reach out to me, let me know, and uh, we'll make something happen. We'll see what we can do. You also want to make sure that you are going in and subscribing wherever it is that you are listening to podcasts. You know, iTunes or whatever. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, and if you like us, give us a rating. We really appreciate that. it It shows that platform that people are listening and people do like us, and uh, you know, and I really appreciate it too. It uh, means a lot. Uh, don't forget, this is the first week of March, meaning we're going to have today's episode. And we'll have a bonus episode later in the week coming up. Uh, should be on Thursdays when that will come out. I, I'm, I'm trying to just uh, get a few more episodes in per month and uh, get you a little more knowledgeable about some more authors. So don't forget to look for that later on this week. My own writing has had a nice little uptick. Uh, I didn't write every day, but I'm really, really enjoying this chart that I printed off where I'm tracking my writing every day. And like I said, I did, I did not write every day in February, but I did write much more than I did in January. Granted, I was sick for a lot of that month, but I uh, ended up with uh, 13,388 words for the month of February. Not great. It uh, came out to an average of uh, 468 words, I think it was, or, or 87. It, it You know, just under 500 if you count all 28 days in february Um, but since i did not write every day that average actually goes up a little bit more if you consider just the days that i wrote but you know the goal is for me to start writing more and uh, i'd I'd really hope to be done with my first draft by now uh the this novel is coming along really nicely and I'm, i'm really enjoying it i still am shooting for april to release, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. Um, I've got a major event. Um, well, I say major, but I've got a big event I'm going to be attending, uh, book signing at the end of April here locally. So that's my hope is to have the book ready by then, but we'll see how it goes. well wow, that was a big pop from the fireplace. Did you hear that? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, hey. I do want to make sure and take a moment and thank our sponsors U store all who's been with us for over a year now if you're looking for self storage in the warrensburg area perhaps your military moving in here to whiteman air force base U store all is the place you want to go they have climb control they have non-climb control it's completely fenced in gated more than 50 cameras recording 24 hours a day check them out online at ustoreall.net. store that's the letter u s t o r a l l dot net uh, don't forget to also head on over to pop goes the culture network uh, it's a podcast network it's some friends of mine down in Springfield well you know I say friends they are podcasting cohorts um, yeah I'll continue to call them friends anyway pop goes the culture uh, podcast network check them out online uh, I will have links to all of this in the show notes and uh, they're, they're just a great bunch of guys they have several shows on their network and uh, it's a lot a lot of fun so don't forget to check them out i also want to make sure and let everybody know that right here in warrensburg at the university of central missouri they have the 51st annual children's literature festival coming march 17th through the 19th that's a sunday monday tuesday coming up soon they have more than 30 authors are gonna be in attendance it's a huge event I mean you know like I said it's, it's a three-day event I will be there volunteering for a couple of those days uh, I'm gonna miss out on Tuesday but like I said I'm, I'm not there as a author uh, I'm there as a volunteer just because I, I want to be able to come there and rub some elbows with some of these authors and and uh, be a part of something you know and, and give back and help out in any way that I can uh, make sure to uh, head over to clf.ucmo.edu for more information. And like I said, I will have links to this in the show notes, so that you can check out the uh, the festival. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know, my gosh, 51 years. This is this is definitely something fantastic. So check it out. Well, this week's author uh jd sanderson this guy man what uh what a fun time i had talking with him met him through twitter uh which you know what can i say yeah i'm i understand it i'm a late bloomer to twitter and i oftentimes uh, don't know what the heck i'm saying but uh and had a hashtag and, and so on but fortunately <laughs> the uh, authors on there members of uh, a lot of times it's the members of the hashtag writing community uh, that are finding me through there, and I'm finding some great authors in there as well. That's, uh, I believe that's where uh, JD and I met, and uh, we've been uh, chatting back and forth and uh, getting to know him a little bit, and his first book, A Footstep Echo. He's got a sequel to this coming out uh, later on this summer, and yeah, he's just a lot of fun uh, talking about his time travel sci-fi adventure and to what drives him as a writer what drove him to finish this first book you know because a lot of us uh myself included you know we uh that first book took forever to finish and uh you know for jd it wasn't as long as as what i uh, dealt with it but i don't think a lot of authors do wrote right for as long as i did on mine uh, yeah, but anyway, we talk about that. We talk about his uh, some of his inspirations, the things that do inspire him for his uh, for his science, science fiction stories, and it's just all around a fun, fun interview. And like I said, you're uh, you're not gonna want to miss out on not only his chapter reading, which is really thrilling, but also the offer he's got at the uh, there at the end of the interview. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anymore. I don't want to spoil it. So I will get us on over to the interview with science fiction and time travel mystery author, J.D. Sanderson. Welcome back, my friends. It is another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast, and today we're having a nice little sit down with sci-fi writer out of South Dakota talking with J.D. Sanderson. J.D., welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, how you doing, sir? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure, my pleasure, and by all means, just call me Jason. No sirs here, so. <laughs> all right, Jason. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I'm uh, I'm 36 years old. I live in central South Dakota with my wife, uh, my uh, baby daughter, and a little uh, spunky miniature poodle, and I'm fortunate enough where I get to write every day for my job, and uh, about... Two years ago, almost, I decided to start writing a book, and um, that's the book called A Foot A Footstep Echo, which is I'm gonna with the one I'm gonna read today, and um, you know I'm proud of it, and I have a sequel coming out soon, so I'm happy to be able to share it with you guys. I'm a lifelong fan of sci-fi and mystery, which is uh, what I always try and blend together whenever I write.
0: Very nice, very cool. Now, so and you've been interested in writing for a long, or you say you you write for your day job, so.
1: Talk. Yeah, I'm a I'm a, a web content writer.
0: Oh, okay. Very cool. Now, have you always wanted to write uh, novels?
1: Yeah, I actually wanted to write my first novel at 15, and uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, I, I wrote, um, I finally started writing my first novel at about 34. Um, I was really inspired by this uh, TV show I had seen called The OA on Netflix. It was a really trippy, character-driven, small-scale sci-fi show, and I was like, that is exactly the kind of story I want to tell in book form. Hmm. So I, I literally, I literally just grabbed my keyboard like, a couple days later after I had an idea and just wung it. And mm-hmm. then uh, a year, a year later I had a uh, finished book.
0: Wow. That's that. I mean, that's really something. So now what, what do you think it was uh, that, that drove you to do that? Uh, Cause it from what I've read I've read before about you, it sounded like you were kind of, Doing like a lot of us writers do. We're, we're bouncing around ideas. We're starting a book and, and stopping. But then, like, the, I guess the show, is that what uh, you think finally drove you to finish a book? Well, it was, it's because of the fact it was so
1: original. And, hmm. you know, originality is something you just don't find that much of. Everything is kind of borrowed from something else. And this was a really original concept. And I, I had started probably 10 books, you know, over the course of like almost, almost 19 years. Oh, yeah. And I had abandoned all of them about 50 pages in. <laughs> I was like this this is too much Doctor Who this is too much Star Trek I can't do military science fiction you know blah <laughs> so so I just I just quit all of them and then, then I, I just when I did this one I was like, I want to do something that original so I literally sat down every night and said, okay I don't care what it is but I'm going to write something I haven't seen before hmm. or I haven't I haven't read before I've never seen it in the movie theater never heard of it in audio fiction nothing you know and that's just how I did it I was like, okay if I haven't seen it I'm going to write it down.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, and did that inspiration, did that carry you through the entire book or did it bog down for you at any point?
1: Um, no, I, I had like probably two things that I wanted to touch on in the book mm-hmm. and everything else I made up on the fly every night. <laughs> I knew, I knew that I wanted one of my main characters to be an elderly gentleman because you just don't see a lot of 70 year old protagonists.
0: Ah.
1: And I wanted the other one to be someone who didn't talk. Oh, okay. i was like, okay, I
0: haven't, I haven't seen that. Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Wow. You never see that. And Mm -hmm. until you said that it kind of hit me. I was like, wow, you know what? You're right. That's something you just don't see very often.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I'm most proud of with the book is, you know, even people who have read it and said, you know what, it's not really my taste. I didn't enjoy that much, but you know what? It's original. So that I'm, I think I'm happy about that the most of all.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's really something and to have a compliment like that. So, and it's something that'll stick in people's mind. And, you know, a year later they can be like, you know what, I, I need to reread that. Cause it's still, still in the right. back of your mind, you know, chewing on those little, on those nerve endings going like, yeah, I'm footstep echo. It's an echo.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very happy to be an author. I mean, it's something I've always wanted to do. I was lucky to get a, a nice small, a small deal, but a deal nonetheless, with a small publishing house. And um, now I'm about two chapters away from being finished with the sequel to this book, which I hope to, I hope to release in the summertime.
0: Well, that's really cool. What What's the title of of this?
1: The title will be The Clock's Nell. Apparently, I don't go for marketable titles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, that originality just keeps on going. Yes. <laughs> but that's that's really cool though. And and I guess uh now who does your uh, your covers? Uh the that cover
1: of A Footstep Echo was done by the publishing house. For the uh the sequel, I'm planning on self-publishing and my wife actually has a couple degrees in art, so I'm planning on having her come up with something really sweet because I know she could do a do a great job.
0: Oh, very nice. Now, and I remember reading online about you that uh, your wife is a is a big supporter, which is a really good thing to have uh, as a writer. She is.
1: She is. She's also, um, she also helped me edit the first book. She spent about a month um, when she was pregnant with our daughter and just reading and she caught stuff that I had not even thought of, you know, because when you're reading something, you know this, when you're reading and you're <laughs> looking at stuff over and over again, it's, you start to glaze over. Yeah you know, you read something a hundred times, you miss everything that, that's going wrong. And she found like the slightest little continuity error. I was like, oh, thank you. Cause I did not want to be the guy who ends up on some Reddit thread when some people go, actually, he should have been in this time period here.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that was the mistake I made was I, I read it. Oh gosh. Who knows how many times as authors that we read our own stuff, but yeah, I'd, I'd become blind to the story and once I got done I ran it through like Grammarly and some other spell checkers and I looked at it till 3 in the morning for like three or four nights in a row and then finally hit the button to just go ahead and publish the Kindle version I figured you know if there's mistakes I can always change it right same thing like two weeks later my wife finished her classes was on summer break and she picks it up and read it and she was like oh my gosh I can't believe you published this and she just. <laughs> she bled all over it. And she's like, you said you can fix this, right? So, yeah. And mm-hmm. same thing, same thing. She's like, okay, here you said they were going here. And then here you said that they've arrived at someplace else. And I'm going, Oh crap.
1: I'm fortunate enough too, that my wife is a science fiction fan. She loves, she loves everything. She loves lost Battlestar Galactica, star yeah. Trek, star Wars, Dr. Who. So, so she lives in the genre like I do. Mm-hmm. So as a fi- even though she's not, you know, the biggest book reader, but she's, she's, very well read and she's very well versed in science fiction. So she'll sit there and go, you know, maybe something more like this. And I'm just like, that's a good idea. She's a good muse. My
0: wife. Oh, very nice. Yeah. That's, I mean, here, here's to our wives. I don't know if you've got a drink or not, but here's to our wives. They take very good care of us authors.
1: (laughs) Amen, sir. Amen, Jason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, uh, so you write for your, for your day job. And then, where do you, like, does that get tiring for you? Or is it like uh, you flip the switch and now you're doing something different when you go to work on your books? I mean, I enjoy what I
1: do now. It's, it's a lot of website and technical writing. So it helps me to, I mean, I had a different type of, I used to be an SEO writer, search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. And that unfortunately gave me a number of bad habits. So I've been doing this new job for about a year and a half. And I can already tell like reading the draft of the first draft of my new book is better than the final draft of my first book, and I'm just like, oh well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure some of my favorite writers look back at their first book and just go, mm, I don't know. But I um, you know, just like, just like the the choice of words I would use and the, the the descriptive terms are a little bit more in depth. The strength of my technical writing has gotten stronger over the past year and a half. So it's just made it easier and also this book is taking me a lot shorter to write the new one the clocks now because i've already got the world established
0: yeah yeah so and and you said that you didn't plan any of this you more or less just kind of winged it and uh pants yep. i guess
1: Pants. yep i'm a pantser not a planner i guess the terminology is i just um i was every day i was like okay what should they do next i'd sit there for a minute going i don't know and i just i would just let my fingers dance if an idea sucked i would just delete it but most of the time I was just like, the only time I would really delete something is like, nope, that's too similar to something I've seen before. Delete, delete, delete.
0: <laughs> well, now, so whenever you're, well, I guess first I should ask then. So is, your, is this going to be an ongoing series? Or are you looking for more books?
1: You know, I, I, I wouldn't mind writing more. I've actually thought about after this book is done, maybe taking a little bit of a break and then maybe trying some, some short stories because, you know, my daughter's almost a year old. So I want to make sure I have time. Yeah. You know, be with be with her during the uh the formative time period of toddlerhood. <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know, I mean, and the way this the first book ends, it ends on kind of like not a cliffhanger, but it's kind of it is kind of open ended, you know, spoiler alert, but the second book is going to end in a way where if I don't do another one, it's okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I I really don't want to be the person who keeps going back to the same characters and world over and over again. Just because, I think right. it's okay for stories to end, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's also okay for character arcs to end too. That's why I'm not shy about killing off characters, and I and I don't do the fake death thing that is very popular in TV and Hollywood. You mm-hmm. know, if someone's dead in my book, they're not coming back, even if it's time travel.
0: Oh, okay, all right. Because I
1: think that I think it has a dramatic mm-hmm. cost.
0: Right, right. So now, do you find that uh, do you need do you find that in the sequel? that you need any notes to remind yourself of, of things uh, and that things from that world from the first book, or do you still have it fresh in your, in your head?
1: It's relatively fresh in my head. I mean, I
0: just published the
1: first book in, in June.
0: Hmm. So,
1: but I, I guess um, I do have to look back occasionally, but I did not go full Stephen King with my description. You know, okay. I, left a, I left a lot to the imagination. Um, one of my f- most formative influences are 50s and 60s radio plays, which, you know, are almost all dialogue and a few little cheesy sound effects. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like real war of the worlds type stuff. So I, I like to ask the reader to come with me and fill in the gaps. I think I've got two characters in the first book that I really describe in detail and probably three or four in the second book. And the rest of it, you know their names, you know where they're from. So you can go ahead and fill in the rest.
0: <laughs> you know I, and there's something to be said for that i i sat in on a uh, at a conference two years ago and there was a crime thriller author who was up and he was speaking and somebody said uh or he was talking about details and, and much the same as what you're talking about he says i'm i've got the character drama i've got the, the issues that he's dealing with you're filling in the gaps with your imaginations well later on somebody asked him how do you Uh, you know, I love your descriptions of of everything around it and the characters, you know, how do you do that? And he goes, well, why don't you tell me what's the color of this character's hair? And it was silence. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, all right. How how big do you think they are? Oh, well, I thought they were about this tall. He goes, okay. I think I have talked about that. He goes, but I've never described that character in any of his, I think it was six or seven books at the time. And I got to thinking about, I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. I mean, he's, he's never described his own main character and yet everybody felt connected and like they knew what they looked like. And that's mm-hmm. awesome when you can pull it off like that. That's that's really cool.
1: Yeah, one, of, one of the characters in both books is a little 22 uh, year old scientist. Her name is Tal, T-A-L. And, and much to my surprise. This was a, just an extra character who had a, who had a had several lines in the first book but she became like a favorite of everyone who's read it and I was like whoa okay well if you like her so I, I made her a main character in the next book and I only describe her as short and sort of mousy looking you know kind of nerdy and mm-hmm. everyone else but and everyone has their own description Well, oh, does she look kind of like this or would this actress play her or what about and I'm just like I don't know you tell me <laughs> I mean yeah. I, no it's okay. I, I do admit that I when I'm writing though I do sometimes fan cast Okay, if this was a Netflix miniseries, what act would play this? Because it just helps me to write. Mm -hmm. You know, I just imagine someone speaking the lines. Because I, I, I almost wanted to make make it be like I was writing a movie. You know, the book is fast paced; it's it's breakneck speed, and um, I don't really let you breathe very much. And I guess that's why it's kind of a quick read. It's not a super long book either; it's only two hundred and sixty something pages. So,
0: okay, yeah. Well, that's that's a good pace, though. I was going to say, yeah, that's one of uh, an author's favorite questions is, is somebody will ask, like, oh, who do, you, who do you picture doing that? And I'm like, I have no idea. Just uh, you, you, you tell me. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't give you some of these young actors' names anyway. And they're going like, oh, such and such from the OC. And I'm like, I, you've still lost me. I don't know. So <laughs> right. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. So go ahead and, and give us a little bit of information. Like, what is uh, A Footstep Echo about? Hey, well, it's the story of this. It starts off the story of this old man. His
1: name is Bernard Abbey. And his life is just kind of the way a lot of people nowadays who are elderly can kind of relate to. You know, his job, he worked at a newspaper for most of his life. But, you know, the Internet and automation took that away from him. So he had to retire before he wanted to. His wife is dead. He's a widower. His dog ran away years ago. So he's lonely. He sits in his in his room looking at pictures of his wife and dog and reading his favorite books over and over again. He has a part-time job just to pay the bills at the library. And, um, you know, one day he is, his life is saved by a young, uh, redheaded girl with kind of this pix. I imagine her with a pixie cut. Um, you know, and she's wearing an oversized black leather jacket and she saves him from getting killed by a bunch of street criminals, um, by knocking him into another time. Hmm. And before he can realize what's happening, he's like, this girl can't talk. She can't tell me where she's from. She can't tell me who she is. She can't tell me how she can travel like this. And then he realizes she also can't tell him what is chasing her.
0: Oh.
1: So now he's just like, ah, oh, look, I'm just an old man. I'm not built for that. I mean, he's kind of a dreamer. You know, he's at the right age where he would have grown up watching the Apollo moon landings and the original star Trek run. You know, this is something he would have loved to have seen, but not at this age.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: And, and you know, as she takes him back and forth across time, it's, um, they cross paths with several strangers who claim to know something about his new friend. Um, you know, each of them has a different take on her origin. One person says she's this, the other person says she's this. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know who's telling the truth or whatever. And the only thing he know, he comes to know is that somehow this girl's carrying some kind of secret that's really intricately tied to the future of humanity, which is actually in my book, very idyllic and very optimistic. I, I'm so sick of dystopian and doom and gloom futures. Mm. <laughs> so I wanted to show that we actually make it as a species. <laughs> and, um, and all of that is just the first third of the book. Then it all falls off a cliff.
0: Oh, wow. Well, this sounds amazing, man. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, it's one of the nice things I like about this, well, self-described job as the host is getting to hear all the fantastic stories. And sometimes, like like yours, I remember reading the description uh, a week or two ago, but to hear it again, it's like I'm hearing it brand new or for the first time. It's just, and it's 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 always eye-opening to hear it from the author's point of view and to learn something new. So this this sounds really really cool, man.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Well, tell the audience, uh, where can they, uh, where can they find you and follow you?
1: Well, I'm mainly on Twitter. That's my, uh, social media drug of choice. Uh, my handle is a sci-fi writer, which I, I can't believe I got that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, um, I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash author JD Sanderson. And if you just type that in JD Sanderson, you'll also find me on Goodreads and you'll find me on Amazon.
0: All right. Yeah. And we'll make sure and have links to all this in the show notes. And, uh, and also this should be airing on March 5th and you have a special announcement you're wanting to make.
1: Yeah. Uh, March 5th is when my book will be free for five days from March 5th to March 9th. It'll be free download for all Kindle people, whether you have Kindle Unlimited or not. You can buy it for, take it for home for free, put it on your Kindle, read it, enjoy it.
0: There you go, everybody. So you have no excuse now. You're going to get to hear a a sample chapter today from the author himself. Go out, follow the links, and grab a copy. It's good for uh, out to the the ninth, right? Yes, sir. Outstanding. I can't wait. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over because I can't wait to hear this first chapter. Thank you so much for coming on the show, J.D. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, J.D. Sanderson with A Footstep Echo. Chapter one.
1: Panic. A pair of hands slowly pushed the heavy metallic door open, allowing thick, black smoke to billow out along the hallway floor. A few minutes ago, the inside of the room had been filled with the sounds of music and laughter. Now, the only sound coming from behind the door were a blaring alarm and the crackling of fire. The door began to close as the person who opened it started running down the dark hallway, eyes wide with panic as they reached out to feel the walls. The blast had interrupted the power flow. The emergency lights flickered on, bathing everything in a dull red glow. Turning around, the individual saw a figure standing at the door, waving and yelling frantically. The blaring alarms made it nearly impossible to make out what they were saying from the other end of the hallway. It was made all the worse by the dull, loud drone inside her head, a result of concussive force they felt when the blast had gone off. She dropped to her knees and grabbed the side of her head in pain. The explosion had destroyed much of the large meeting area where everyone had been gathered. A young man and woman crawled out from behind the splintered remains of a conference table towards the center of the room. They looked to see another woman's broken body lying under a pile of smoldering wreckage. The young woman started to crawl towards the motionless figure, calling out to her between tears. She reached for her friend's arm, pleading for her to wake up. Her male companion grabbed her before she could touch the girl. Watch out, he shouted. He pulled her away just in time to prevent her from being smashed by a beam that fell from the ceiling. It dropped straight onto the mess of burned computers and furniture. It's too late. There's nothing you can do. He continued to pull his hysterical friend away, fearful that she would accidentally burn herself. The flickering emergency lights revealed their friend's face. The deceased girl was closest to the bomb when it went off. Bones and skin were broken, and the face was nearly charred beyond recognition. The building's fire suppression system kicked in. Dousing everything in a thick, clear spray. After the fires went out, the young man let his friend go. She ran over to her friend, cradling her head in her hands. The surviving individuals continued to cough and choke on the thick smoke. A tall man stood up to look around. He did a quick head count, only to notice that two people were missing. One of them was yelling at the main doorway. He moved carefully around the mess of burnt streamers, ripped signs, and shattered bottles of champagne to see who it was that was yelling. Someone was standing in the hallway. They began to move towards the other side of the building. The pale red light did not allow for a lot of detail, but it was enough to reveal that the person was holding their hand up to the side of their head. The tall man looked over to the young fellow next to him in the doorway, and then back to the one behind him. Let's go, he barked. They followed him down the hallway, each in turn calling out to the injured runner who had first made their way out of the room. They ran as fast as they could, desperate to catch the person fleeing. tall man rounded the corner just in time to see the individual frantically trying to open the door at the far end of the corridor. He called out again as he watched them slam the palm of their hand up against the wall. The panel on the wall illuminated as the hand made contact, triggering a fingerprint-encoded door lock. A bright green light spewed from the panel, allowing the tall man to see a blood-covered familiar face looking back at him. The face he saw looking back at him did not belong to someone who was running because they were scared of what had just happened. It was sheer, animalistic panic. Their arms waved frantically, gesturing for the emergency door to open faster. He noticed a trickle of red run down the side of the person's head and neck from the wound at the temple. Stop, he yelled. He motioned to the man and woman behind him to approach more slowly, not wanting to spook their confused colleague. It's all right. We're going to help you. Please, just come with us. We're not going to hurt you, he said as he held his hands. He stepped forward again, seeing a hysterical face rapidly blinking back at him the hand reached up to touch the bloody spot of the temple again. With a shriek, the fearful runner darted into the emergency hatch. The pursuing trio knew that the hatch led to a stairway that would take them up to the surface. Cursing, the leader of the group gave order to run for the lift. They waited inside silently as the floors whipped by on their way up. It was a long way up to the ground level. They hoped that by taking the lift, they would arrive at the ground floor before their co-worker. The trio ran out of the lift as soon as it reached the main floor, squinting under the bright lights. The bomb hadn't been strong enough to destroy the main levels of the building. It had, however, triggered the security systems. Giant sheets of metal came down from the ceiling to cover up the windows, and most of the access panels and computers had switched off. Several armed security guards rushed up to meet them, asking the tall man what had happened. He told them what room they had been in at the time of the explosion before he turned to run out the building's main entrance. The three of them ran out of the large glass doors and onto the sidewalk, hoping they had made it there first. Before they could catch their breath, they were able to see a smaller figure running down the sidewalk underneath one of the streetlights. Security forces had cordoned off several blocks, making it easy to see the person running alongside the building. Had it not been for the perimeter, the panicked runner may have easily disappeared into the crowd that was normally present this time of night. There! the man shouted. He started running, ordering his two associates to pursue... Despite escaping the situation relatively unharmed, the force of the explosion had left them all very sore and disoriented. Each of them knew what could happen at any moment and were racing to make sure it didn't. The panicking runner slammed into a soldier who had seen the chase and attempted to intervene. The man went sprawling onto the ground. The pursuing party jumped over his body as they ran down the walkway. The terrified soul wiped away another trickle of blood before darting around a corner. The taller man and his friends yelled out again, desperate to get there in time. The three of them rounded the corner, reaching a dead end. There was no place to hide and nothing to climb on. The bomb had triggered the security floodlights, which continuously swept the courtyard of their buildings. Breathing heavily, he quickly looked back at his two subordinates before facing forward again. Each of them realized that they were too late, and the person they had been chasing had vanished. The leader spoke in a tone weighed heavy by consternation and dismay as he stared at the empty space in front of them. Oh my god.
0: And that was a thrilling chapter coming to you by sci-fi time travel mystery author J.D. Sanderson from his debut book, A Footstep Echo. Hey, uh, don't forget the book is free as of today, March 5th through the 9th. Go on Amazon and grab yourself a copy. I've already done that myself, so I can't wait to dive in. You should do the same. And don't forget to go in and leave a review when you're all done reading it check out his the links in the show notes for jd for the ucm children's literature festival and all the other people and friends that we've talked about here with the show don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you listen to the show so you don't miss out on a new author a new book and a new sample chapter we'll see you soon take care